Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to Go. We are the Satellite Sisters, and this has not happened very often lately. We have all five sisters in the house today. Woo-hoo is all Cry. I can say. Can you believe it? You got, not only do we have all five of us, but all of us appear, our connections appear to be working for the time being. Correct? Yes. <laughs> exactly, Liz. So let's go around the horn. Julie Dolan, you're in Dallas, Texas. All happy, good. To be, happy to be with you. All right. Sheila, uh, a.k.a. Annabelle Needle, uh, which is your Skype handle. How's your connectivity going right now? You good for now? So far, so good, Liz. So far, so good. Leon, also in Pasadena, you're in, you're on, you're good? All three. <laughs> and Monica, we caught you before you leave town again this week. So, But for now, you're with us on Satellite Sisters. Yes, I am, Liz. I'm uh, here. All right. Well, the, the bad news, good news for of this week for me is that I can't believe I'm just finishing my taxes this morning. That makes me really <laughs> mad. That's the bad news. But the good news is Veep starts again tonight. Yeah. So, you know, if you're, if you're not on the Veep bandwagon yet, it is a super funny TV show. Um, it is also filthy dirty, so do not email us if you object to the language, okay? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Lee, and I, I was going to say the same thing because I became hooked on that show, The Americans, Yes, yeah. uh, about the spies, and I watched all well, 10 episodes over the last two weeks, absolutely loved it. Please don't email me. It's very violent. There's sex. Yeah. I enjoyed the whole thing. <laughs> It's, it's, can we just say it's television for grown-ups, okay? Yes, we're, al- we're allowed to have that in America. Shows that are just for grown-ups. It's dark but well-made. Yes, not kid-friendly. Um, I, and I just want to say, at the end of the show, we have a first-ever Satellite Sisters stunt. Uh, we would like to thank longtime listener Kathleen. Uh, she sent us a super nice card, and inclus- included in the card is a California scratch-off lottery ticket that is part of the Lucky for Life game. Woo-hoo! And she wanted us to have this. So, Kathleen and all, we are going to do the live scratch-off at the end of today's show. So, you've never seen that on the radio before, have you? It's exciting. <laughs> Dramatic. Now, do we have to share the winnings with Kathleen at all the battles? I don't think so. No, no. But she, she does specify on the card, Julie, funny you should say that, that we are not allowed to share the winnings with our brothers. <laughs> we do have three brothers. She writes, just for you five girls, no brothers. Okay, thanks, Kathleen. We'll use that in court. Um, Liz, that's funny because I got an email this week or a post on Facebook um, after I revealed the health scare, who's, and one of the, the posters suggested that perhaps I had bought a cursed item over the last year at an antique store and that I should rid my house of any bad luck icons. So there you go. Let's hope my luck has turned. Yeah. Well, okay. Speaking of your health scare, you, yeah. let's just start with uh, getting the, the details on that. Okay, I mentioned on Facebook, uh, I was in the hospital for three days this week getting massive amounts of antibiotics because I had a tiny cut in my hand, a scratch, people, that turned into a staph infection that just overwhelmed me. And I can't even believe it. 
Like, I, I, I can't believe that last weekend, I, at this point, uh, Sunday morning last weekend, I was in the emergency room for the second time in two days, waiting for four hours to get into the hospital to see a doctor. And as soon as the doctor saw me in the ER last Sunday, they admitted me to the hospital for massive amounts of antibiotics. I... I feel very, very lucky. Let's just put it at that. Right. Well, Sheila and I were both there in the hospital on Sunday afternoon. That was one super bad-looking wound you had there. That did, Don't you think, Dr. Dolan, Sheila came in fully gloved and gowned, which... Yes. Which, <laughs> reverse reverse <laughs> isolation procedures. <laughs> I mean, the sign outside her door said, Don a gown and gloves. I am not going to fool around with staph infections. I know. You you were right, Sheila. I should not have just busted past the sign. But, but just... mainly, mainly I'm filled with so many third grade germs yeah. that I don't want to get Leon sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was an incredible scenario. I mean, and, and of course you now were that super I'm sick, I was super sick. And now that I'm back home, everyone uh, who I happen to mention, you know, the staph infection too, then tells me one horror story after another. So I feel very lucky for a couple of things that I was on it right away. You know, it was a small... How did you get the cut? You know, it was a cut on a wire out on our gate. I was was closing the gate, walking the dog. You know, we have that... um, Completely unelectronic uh, <laughs> no, gate, yeah, you know, right. where we've just wired like a, a hook and needle to it so we can shut it for the dog. You know, it's just, it's it's makeshift at best, but at least it was a new fresh wire. So I got the cut and um, it was a scratch. It wasn't even a cut. It wasn't a puncture. It was a scratch. And I looked at it, I went, oh, darn it. I hope I don't get tetanus because uh, God knows how long it's been since I've had a tetanus shot, right? So I went in right away and washed it and put antibacterial stuff on it. But it just turned out over the next couple of days, I was not careful enough. And I, I ended up getting it sort of doing some first aid for somebody else is the best we can tell. And I mean, you use your hands all the time. It's on the palm of my right hand. It's on the palm of my right hand. So it's really was, I mean, even though I was scrupulous about washing and stuff, this was just a situation where I just literally like plunged the hand into another person's staff infection uh, without knowing it, obviously. And, um, and so a couple days after that, it started to hurt and, I went to urgent care because I thought, oh, I have tetanus. You know, I'm an idiot. And they, the woman, uh, the doctor at urgent care, um, just basically threw a prescription at me from across the room. She's like, you have staff. I'm like, eh. So, and then over the last next week, I just watched it get sort of bigger. It kind of abscesses and gets painful and I, I don't, it's gross to go into. Usually it's drains on its own. That's what I was led to believe, but mine did not. So I had to go to the ER and get it lanced, which I can honestly tell you is incredibly painful. I can't describe the pain of that. I think your text message on that said hundred times worse than a root canal. Yeah. And I've had, as you know, I've had six root canals in the last year. <laughs> so I know from root canals and, um, but that didn't quite get it. So Sunday I woke up. And there was no doubt. My hand was huge, swollen. There was red streaking going up my arm. And so I drove (laughs) to my husband, dropped me at the ER. Because that's the kind of couple we are. (laughs) Call me when you're done, honey. Okay. Okay. I mean, really, that's... No doubt. That's what I thought. He was going to run and do some laundry. It was Sunday morning. And I didn't think it was going to be, you know, you're admitted to the hospital. 
But there was no doubt when the doctor, three and a half hours later, when the doctor finally saw me. So, you know, I'm just, but Monica, uh, you people in the hospital do a fine job because I wasn't in my bed 15 minutes at Huntington when there was an infectious disease doctor there. And then an hour later, like a plastic surgeon, a hand surgeon showed up to assess the abscess. They didn't know if they were going to have to do further surgery. And then, you know, I don't even have a you wish he You wish he had? He was was very attractive, yes. I had (laughs) my hand surgeon, Dr. Oz's more attractive brother. (laughs) Is that when you called Sheila to come over? It is. And she looked good in the gown. She looked hot in the gown. <laughs> Did you cinch it at the waist? How did you make that, that surgical gown work for you? You know I tried, Julie. <laughs> so. but, but, Leanne, what's amazing is you are such a strong, healthy person. You know, Thank that. Uh, I, I mean, that if... If you had, you know, a weaker immune system or if you were older or something, but you're so strong and healthy and you still got the staph infection. That's yeah. amazing. And just really got sick with it, too. I don't even think I realized how sick with it I was, how overwhelming it was to the whole body until I got home. I, I was in for three days. They did the culture. They you know, gave me the right antibiotics. They did some procedures short of surgery that, you know, cleaned out the wound. Um, and, uh, and when I got home the next day, I, I could literally barely get off the couch. Monica, is that typical? I mean, I just, no one really told me like about the aftermath. I've been exhausted. I don't know. Well, I mean, I'm sure you were up all night working. About Monica, come on. Well, okay, very, very tired. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> expected. So, yeah. So Wednesday, Thursday, I'm just really, literally having to take it easy. I feel as good as I felt, um, you know, in a long time to this morning. So I'm happy, happy to be on. But I feel relieved. Occasionally, I'm reminded how the benefits of living in a big city near really good health care. And that, that was one of those times. I thought, boy, if you lived in a rural area and you didn't have access to a major metropolitan hospital and all those specialists, I don't know. Can I also acknowledge a third member of your support team at your hospital who was the Sunday night, the chaplain, someone from the chaplain's office came in to talk to you while I was there. And in the course of this lengthy discussion with, I believe his name was Jeff. 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 Chaplain Jeff. Jeff is also a personal trainer. Yeah. So that that seems like something you also only get at a major metropolitan hospital in California. The chaplain is also a personal trainer. So if you're having trouble getting back on your feet, you might want to give Jeff a ring. Hey, it's Liz and Leanne here, and we want to thank Pros for supporting this episode of Satellite Sisters. Now, you know, Liz, I've been out and about with my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical. Mm -hmm. The book is getting rave reviews. I'm very happy. But you know what else is getting rave reviews? My hair, Liz, my hair from Pros is getting rave reviews. Lynn, I am not surprised. You have been on that Pros hair regimen for quite a while. I mean, you have good hair anyway, but now you have great hair because you've really paid attention to it. Well, Liz, Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. And you know what? I love the regimen they have me on. Do I take the hair vitamins every day? 
Yes, I do. Do I use my shampoo and conditioner made especially for Lee and Dolan? Yes, I do. Do I sometimes use the leave-in conditioner when my hair's really dry? I do. And I even have a pre-scalp thing that they give me. Okay, pros, you're the boss. I'll take it. (laughs) You tell me what my hair needs. That sounds good. And here's the thing. It's personalization, Liz. For yeah. millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely Leans. Okay. And I'm I'm using it. Pros mm-hmm. isn't just better for you, it's also better for the planet, Liz. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty free, and the first and only carbon neutral custom beauty brand. So pros, we love you. I love the photos of my hair. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> photos of your hair. There are people in the photos too. That's the thing about a book tour. Everybody yeah. has their picture taken with Leon and then post it. So yeah. the hair is important. <laughs> Couldn't be happier, pros. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin. They're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash sisters. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash sisters. And pros is spelled P-R-O-S-E, pros.com slash sisters. Thanks, pros. Liz, you know we love talking about Framebridge, don't we? We do. <laughs> because, <laughs> because there are just so many fun things to frame, Leon, aren't there? Right. Anything. You can just upload a digital photo from your phone and they can print it and frame it. And that is a gift right there, a gift people would love getting. But Liz, you recently had quite an exciting Framebridge experience. Would I, you I like did. to share? Would you like I know, to? I talked about how when we were at the Bruce Springsteen concert, I was with our brother Dick, his wife Susan, his two kids, and one of the roadies threw us the set list at the end of the show, which was amazing to get the actual set list for the actual concert in Los Angeles. And we're like, oh, yeah, any day now, that's going to be in a place of honor in their home. Sure enough, Leon, they have already framebridged it and sent it to us with a picture. So I'll be in Bend next week, so I'll get to see it. But it's just excellent use of the Framebridge resources, the Bruce Springsteen set list. Fantastic. And this is gift giving season. So if you have a graduation coming up, a wedding, a shower, Mother's Day, Father's Day, look around. I'm sure you have something fun you can frame and Framebridge can do it for you. It's easy and it's affordable to frame just about anything. You get fair and transparent upfront pricing based on the size of your item. There's a great selection of frames. And as we've said in the past, fast service, free shipping, rate or gifts. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Liz, not many things in life give you a happiness guarantee, but Framebridge does. If you're not 100% happy with your piece, they will make it right. So if this but sounds you like- you're going to be happy, okay? <laughs> That's just the Satellite Sisters promise. You're going to be out. You're going to be happy you did it. See why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or see a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything, like a Bruce Springsteen set list. That's framebridge.com. Thanks, Framebridge. <laughs> it's just, you know what, though? It's because we spent so much time in hospitals when they said, do you want a chaplet? I'm like, yeah, sign me up. I mean, I felt like they were so helpful with mom and dad. <laughs> 
<laughs> and Jeff with the earring and the long hair, the chaplain, so it was not exactly Father Flanagan. But you uh, do some planks and praying. <laughs> oh, how did that work, William? Julie, the good news is I won't be doing planks for quite a while because it's right on the palm of my hand. And so now I'm home. Um, I've already seen uh, the attractive hand surgeon again. Um, uh, and I'm going back to see him for another follow-up. And then I have a I'm home sure health. Where you are? I have a home health care person coming um, to do the wound. And this, I had no idea. She comes in and she squeezes that dang wound oh, to drain uh, it. Uh, it is like the worst pimple extraction you've ever had <laughs> times a thousand. It's so painful and she seems to enjoy it so much. And so... Is she, she Russian? <laughs> she No, it's just as she's Filipino. They're tough too. Uh, they are tough too. So... Um, and then, uh, and so I am really kind of, the hand is wrapped and I really can't get it wet. Uh, I can't do any dishes. Uh, I can't clean any bathrooms for a couple more days until it heals over. But, um, so far things are going well. Um, but I, I feel very, very lucky. That's all I could say. You and do have a couple of big appearances coming up, though, that involve signing books for the launch of your new book, Elizabeth the First Wife. Are you going to be good to go for those events with the right hand? I know. I had to I had to ask the experts. I did have to reveal that when they said, what do you do for work? I'm like, well, I'm a writer. I'm supposed to go on a book tour because I was kind of freaked out. I do. Yeah. I'm hoping to sign a lot of books. So uh, I should be good to go. I may, just as a precaution for the first couple of signings, order a stamp. I know that sounds cheesy, but... Um, it's my hand gets fatigued, I have to say. So I'm trying to move it around. But yes, I will be at the LA Times. Thank you, Liz. The LA Times Festival of Books. If you're in Los Angeles or you're coming in for the big festival of books, I'll be there April 20th signing at the Prospect Park both um, from 12 to 2. I'll put information on my Facebook author page, Leon Dolan author. And then Romans uh, in Pasadena is on May 8th. That's kind of the opening night of my tour, <laughs> the kickoff kickoff event. Um, so, and then I'll be doing eight zillion other appearances in many fantastic cities around the country. So again, Leon Dolan author is where to find those or else... I'll be posting them. I don't want to bug people. Um, but I do want you to save the date. <laughs> I do want you to show up. <laughs> I don't want to bug you all, but you need to come. Uh, so I should be ready to go. My doctors tell me I should be fine. Now, I might not be shaking hands maybe ever again. <laughs> How about lavender gloves? I know. I'm just thinking to match the cover of your new book. I know. It's, it does make me think like I don't want to touch anything or anyone ever again. So I don't know. Maybe I'm being um, ca I overly cautious. But uh, that's that. You could do a knuckle a knuckle bump, Liam. I, I, <laughs> seriously, I really I really don't. It's why? It's why? I think you should do you know like they do in Thailand. You know they put their hands together and, and they why. That's what you need to do. Oh, that you develop some kind of signature move. Yeah. It could be <laughs> the finger point. <laughs> yes, <laughs> just a little wave, a wave. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? Though I saw this news story this week, and maybe because I was in the hospital contemplating sort of a worst case scenario, it really struck my fancy. There was a seventy-year-old woman who was in a coma for several weeks, and she came out of the coma, sisters. And the first thing she requested was to go to a Bob Seger concert. <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> are kidding. Those no. were her first words, right? Yeah. So, you know, Sheila, I know you love the night moves. I know you love it. Oh, gosh, yes. Brings me back. 
You know, I saw Bob Seger in concert. (laughs) (laughs) All week long, I've just been obsessing with, like, who do I want to hear when I come out of a coma? Like, (laughs) who would I want to go see? And then yesterday, my husband was doing some housework. Uh, He was vacuuming, because I can't vacuum. And um, he put on Terrence Trent Darby. And that's who I want to hear when I come out of a coma. I'd like... TTD, I decided. Is he, st- is he still with us? No, just put on Wishing Well list. That's all I need. I don't need to personally see him. I just okay. need to hear that song. Any Anybody else? Any any other thoughts on who you'd like to hear coming out of a coma? Oh, a good Rolling Stones tune. Yeah. Wake right up. <laughs> what? That's start me up. <laughs> start me up, man. Anything by Carol King will really... Carol King... <laughs> I think that would put you back in the coma. But okay. How long has she been in a coma? I think it was a couple of weeks. Two years. Two years. Oh, two years. Okay. All right. I think I would be much more tempted rather than a music choice to like want like a good juicy hamburger or something, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. Well, I was happy to administer caffeine around the clock to Leanne during her illness. She was. She looks good. Diet Cokes, uh, lattes in the hospital. You know, you just got to keep it moving, Leanne. <laughs> yes. <laughs> keep it moving. So, Sheila, actually, last week you left us hanging in the middle of a story. You gave us one half of the tale of you and Monica getting driving yourselves into New York City. But now that Monica's here, can you guys fill us in on the other half of the tale? Absolutely. Right, Monica? Yes, we can. We don't know what happened to Bruckner Boulevard. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it was just the craziest trip. Okay, so let's let's say how it started, because when you ask Jimmy, our brother, for directions, they go into their uh, kitchen desk drawer and pull out a file folder of old directions written on legal paper. Right, Monica? (laughs) They did, but Jimmy gave us directions, and not only were there the printed step-by-step directions, but on the other side was a visual map. So it was just like MapQuest, but Jimmy did the whole thing, and he told us this was the easiest way to get into New York, so we went with it. But it was very basic and and very, uh, it was missing some stuff, wouldn't you say, Monica? (laughs) (laughs) Missing some essential roads. Okay, so we are driving into New York. We did okay until we got to the Bronx, right, Monica? Right. And, you know, Sheila, the main thing, the, the amazing thing is you were driving. And remember Jimmy said, he said there's a big, crazy intersection with a lot of things going on. <laughs> yes. That was the way he described it. And he said you have to stay on whatever it was, 678 or 278. <laughs> and, Sheila, you negotiated that big, crazy intersection, and then we find ourselves on Bruckner Boulevard. Oh, man. Oh, boy. You know, and everything was going great. We were supposed to take Bruckner Boulevard. Then there was supposed to be some bridge off to the right that takes you to Manhattan. And all of a sudden, it's one of those situations where you see the street signs, Bruckner Boulevard, Bruckner Boulevard, and then there's no more Bruckner Boulevard. (laughs) There's no more Bruckner Boulevard. And... As, as as the writer, the famous Bronx writer, Jimmy Breslin, used to say, nothing good ever happens on Bruckner Boulevard. And that's true. And I, I saw people going to the right, taking this right-hand turn. 
So Sheila and I started just, we were just wildly driving around these blocks. I mean, at we one were, point, yeah, we're, we that's just, we're uh, in like a Marty Scorsese movie. Okay. There we was like St. Anthony of Padua. <laughs> so we took a right and we found like there was this church, I mean, right out of, Right out of the Godfather, it was. And there's there's a parking lot in the middle of the street for the churchgoers, like it's just cordoned off, like you are free to park in the middle of the road. We 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 keep driving by this church, and the church is guarded by police. I mean, like twenty four seven. Yeah, there's, there's cops outside on Palm on Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> wise guys. Some wise yeah. guys in there. It, 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 it okay. was, well, and then we, then we tried to take a different tack. <laughs> good, good thinking. <laughs> she, there was good problem solving going on. She, then, then Sheila fired up her iPhone. You know, the Google iPhone. She said, "This has never done me wrong." Just Monica, just read off what what it's saying. We had totally abandoned Bruckner Boulevard at this point. And the next thing you know, we are in a part of the Bronx that is straight out of the French connection. You know, you're driving down the road and there's like the railroad trestle and subway. Right, the, the elevated train and you're under. Yeah, it, was, it, was, it. it was like the whole ride was movies from the 70s. I mean, we were like... Gene Hackman was behind us, but Sheila just keeps saying, just keep reading out the directions, Monica, just tell me what the next step is. And Okay, and Monica, of course, had never used a smartphone. Right. So, yeah, that's... Yeah. And she, she, has the, she has the phone down, but like in between her knees. And she said, I'm getting nauseous <laughs> looking at this. I said, oh. That's typical. I said, hold it up, man. Hold it up. I said, hold up the phone and look at the map. <laughs> I was Selma and Louise in the Bronx. Oh, God. We are I- in the French Connection. And then how did we get out of that, Monica. I don't remember, but I I, I thought we were going to sp- have to spend the whole day in the Bronx. <laughs> I mean, we, and then this whole trip was organized around the fact that Monica wanted to go for a walk in lower Manhattan, right, Monica? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it would be nice just to spend the morning there. You were going to take me to the plane, which was another crazy road trip, but... Um, yeah, you were going to take me to the airplane. I thought it'd just be fun to go into New York for the morning. It was a beautiful, cold, sort of sunny day. And once we found our way into Lower Manhattan, Sheila, you you just know that neighborhood like the back of your hand. You just oh, did a I great just, job. I was so cruising. We got out. We went for our walk. It was so freezing, wasn't it, Monica? It was cold, yeah. We decided to get back in the car and head up. We were going to go to this great brunch. We couldn't find any place. So we decided to go to the old French roast. Remember that, Liz? Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, you know, the old standby walked right in. The old standby, and we had a great brunch, didn't we, Monica? And a great parking space. Oh, that, par- <laughs> that parking, that blocking was sweet. Once we got to the village, it was blocking everywhere. And then oh, you had to get yourselves out to JFK, but that was, uh, that was smoother, right? 
much smoother. Oh yeah, much, much. I mean, that yeah, brought- that's a smartphone. And you know, there's little signs with airplanes on them. Oh, I love those signs with airplanes. <laughs> well, well, it is one of the amazing things about driving into New York City. And Leon, I think you commented on this last crazy. week. That it is so, Manhattan is so unbelievably poorly marked. It you, is. You would think it that is. there would be signs all over, like this way to actual Manhattan, New York City. But that, that appears almost nowhere. So even though we grew up an hour outside of the city and are very familiar with Manhattan, we always went back and forth on the train because the public transportation is so good. So the idea of driving back and forth to the city, it should only take an hour to get from where you were in Westport, Connecticut to, oh. to Manhattan on a, you know, it was a Sunday morning, right? Uh, but I suspect you took a little, <laughs> took a little longer than that. No, we took the seventies tour. I mean we took we went through the entire decade in the Bronx. Every movie ever watched in the seventies. It was insane. I mean we were laughing, we were howling. I mean well, it was so just, you never were afraid. You didn't get you didn't get afraid or No, worried. I wasn't afraid. But you know what, Sheila, the next day at work I I I just wanted to know what happened to Bruckner Boulevard. So okay. I went to like a Google Earth map, the satellite okay. map, and then I kept, you know, focusing in, focusing in. I and I I don't know where we went wrong. Uh, yeah, we did everything Jimmy told us to do, but you know, again, we were safe because we were surrounded by cops. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. I had one business story I want to comment on, which actually does involve both Westport, Connecticut, and New York City, because at the core of this story is Martha Stewart. And, uh, Leon, you have been extremely vocal on your other podcast, on Chaos Chronicles, about the fight between Macy's and J.C. Penney, correct? Yeah, I just can't believe that Martha is at it again, and somehow she's going to manage to bring down not one, but two major American retailers <laughs> in her way. She feels like she had an exclusive contract with Macy's, well, but that wasn't good enough, so she had to sign some another exclusive contract with J.C. Penney. Yeah. And it is just so splitting hairs, like her legal argument, like, oh, well, at Macy's, my stuff is on the regular floor, but at J.C. Penney's, it's going to be a store within a store. And right. as she said in court, I'm sure, you know, people will, consumers will understand that those are two different product lines. And they said, really, you think so? She said, well, maybe they have two houses <laughs> and maybe they need to furnish two kitchens. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. And apparently she's never stepped inside a J.C. Penney because we don't have two houses. Those of us that shop at J.C. Penney. And, well, you know, this week, this week, of course, they fired the CEO of J.C. Penney. Of J.C. Penney, exactly. I mean, he's going down because of Martha. Right, right. So the guy who made the actual deal with Martha, who did it in an attempt to save J.C. Penney, he got fired this week. They brought back the old guy. And then Friday, the judge in the case temporarily ruled in Martha's favor. Or in J.C. Penney's favor. He said, well, because apparently J.C. Penney's bought like hundreds of millions of dollars worth of merchandise for these stores within the store. <laughs> right. So, so that's what, the, what they're fighting about in the short term is what happens to that stuff, just the, the inventory that they already have. Are they allowed to sell it? And the judge ruled that J.C. Penney is, in fact, allowed to sell it while they sort out the larger issue of whether any of this was legal at all. So it means really... I. 
Macy's loses. Yeah. Uh, J.C. Penney loses because they just lost the CEO and the whole like long-term master plan to save J.C. Penney. So the only one that wins in this whole scenario is Martha. It is unbelievable. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> well, you know, she's a she's a tough cookie. She's done her time, Liz, as we as I like to remind people, and uh, and uh, I think she's just uh, she's just. You know, she's taking care of Martha, right? Yeah. I, she is unrepentant. <laughs> she she called the suit like hogwash and balderdash and stuff like that, which I don't believe are legal terms. But she just, she can't possibly see how this could have been, you know, not clear cut. It's so clear cut to her. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. Yeah, well, what's clear cut to Martha is what's good for Martha. So right. anyway, they, um, uh, temporarily, you will now be able to buy that Martha Stewart stuff at JCPenney, and So good luck with it. Though I know you're also very loyal to Macy's. So it's going to be, this will be a tough decision for <laughs> For consumers. Yeah, you know, Liz, I'm going to use the Macy's stuff to furnish, you know, my one house. And, I'm and in the it. event that you acquire another house? Yes. <laughs> good idea, William. You know, the good news is that there's so much crap in JCPenney. Um, that you can't actually get through the store because they just jam it full of stuff. So I don't think they're going to sell one piece of Martha Stewart stuff because you can't get to it. I, that's what I'm predicting. That is really a store with too much stuff. Okay, well, we Good. shall see. Wow, speaking of stores, you guys, I had um, quite a successful little retail outing yesterday. Oh, Monica and That's not good. usually a sentence that comes out of your mouth. <laughs> I know. I know. You know, I don't really like to shop, but I'm going on a trip this this week, which I'm very excited about. I'm going to a tropical destination. Um and but it's for a meeting, so I need something. I needed something to wear that was sort of fresh, yet the meeting's very casual, and it's going to be at this beach resort. So I don't need to wear a suit or anything fancy. And I thought, you know, I just need some to pick up something new and something fresh. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about mom. She'd always say, "Oh, just go get something for yourself. Just go get something new." So um, I went to Chico's yesterday. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. And they, I know we have a lot of experience with Chico's, and you know they. I, I got some really nice things there, so I just appreciated Chico's how they have that sort of, you know, gentle sizing. Yes, <laughs> the one, the one, two, three is not the dose of reality. Exactly, you're a size one. You're a one and a half. You know, you feel good about yourself when you're a one or a one and a half. But uh, the sales lady was very good, and I got myself a pair of, like, fresh white capris and a nice turquoise T-shirt to go with it and a sweater. And then, you know, I just decided I was feeling lucky. Things were half off if you bought one pair of jeans. So I bought some boyfriend jeans. Oh, cute. Don't have a boyfriend, but I have boyfriend (laughs) jeans now. How about some accessories, Monica? Did you go for any of the belts? The jewelry, jewelry. Uh, the scarves. I was thinking about you because I know you gave me that Chico's necklace. Yes. She suggested I buy a Chico's necklace, but I told her I already have one. But then I was thinking about when we did that appearance and we met the woman who was the vice president of Chico's and they dressed up dressed us in those cheat goats outfits and she said that she was a belt believer right everything should be sort of belted and i am not really a belt believer but i was thinking about the belt believer line as, as i was walking out the store but i'm all set all set for my trip 
Well, just be sure to push up your sleeves and turn up your collar because that's <laughs> the two other styling techniques that we learned from all to the elongate. Everything is about elongating your line. So. Yeah, which is why I'm not a belt believer because that doesn't really elongate me. But anyway, I'm hey. So okay. color blocking, color blocking. Oh, good. Okay. I like color blocking. Okay. Yeah. Good, Leah. Small doses. Yep. Yeah. I know turquoise is your color, so. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Julie, I just realized by accident we skipped entirely over the <laughs> hard news that you cover for Satellite Sisters. Oh, my goodness. North Korea, people are clamoring at the Satellite Sisters Facebook group for your insight into what is happening in North Korea. That was an excellent segue from Chico's to North Korea. <laughs> and you know, our news organization podcast is going in that direction. <laughs> so that's what makes us a unique group. I also feel, I have to say, so yes, I, we have had Satellite Sisters at the Facebook page. A number of people have been commenting on the situation, the alarming situation in North Korea. So here's the thing, sisters. You know, I went there with my girlfriend a couple of years ago, and there's there, you know, it's like anything. There is just no substitute for actually going to a place. So when I hear people on BBC or on NPR or CNN, and they're talking about North Korea, and you can tell they have, like, no idea what they're talking about, you know, this is when I realize that Dennis Rodman and I, we're together. We're <laughs> he, he and I know. Now, I did not meet Kim Jong-un. Um, but I did spend I did spend five days there. A couple of points to Satellite Sister listeners. I am never, ever, ever going back there again. Okay, that was it. I mean, when we I flew from Beijing into Pyongyang and then Pyongyang back to Beijing. When we landed in Beijing, which is not exactly the land of the free, I was I had tears in my eyes. I was so happy to be out of that country because it's a terrible dictatorship. But what I've been saying about this increased rhetoric that um, that Kim Jong-un, the, now the young 28-year-old dictator, is, you know, a lot of people want to dismiss this or their late-night jokes about this guy. Right. Or, ha, 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 he doesn't know the difference. He's threatening to bomb the United States, and he doesn't know the difference between Colorado Springs and, you know, and Louisiana. They've got faulty maps or whatever it is. I think that you, we are really wrong to underestimate these threats. Uh, I think that this is a very serious situation because, first of all, there are no counterweights in this country. There is, there is no one that's calling Kim Jong-un out. There's no freedom of the press. There's no religious, you know, they don't have religious organizations. They don't have unions. They don't have any business leaders. I mean, you have to think of this like you would think of Stalin because that's, what Kim Jong-un's grandfather, that was his role model, Stalin. So they, you know, and they, that's all they've got going in this country is, you know, military preparedness. They have been, you know, they have talked constantly when we were there about the terrible American imperialists and, they, and about the Japanese and how terrible they are. And there's really nothing in North Korea to keep them there. I mean, there's no businesses. They don't have much heat. They don't have enough food. So if Kim Jong-un, you know, says we need to go into South Korea because we need to reunite, reunite the Korean peninsula, because that's really how they feel about it. They feel like they, it should be a united country and that they're the pure Koreans. And if they can just get into South Korea, they can straighten out the, all those South Koreans and they'll see the way 
of the great leader. So they, you know, they, you know, that's, that's what I think we really have to worry about is because... You know, I remember when you came home from there, Julie, even then, which was like three or four years ago, you, you had the feeling that they felt like the United States or South Korea was about to invade any second anyway, that the North Korean people still believe they are at war every second of the day. Yeah, they feel threatened by South Korea, Korea threatened by the U.S., by Japan. They, you know, recently there have been postings on a number of blogs that said they are ready for war. They don't want war, but they, uh, but they must defend themselves. And they, you know, they said they're reclassifying the DMZ, which is the demilitary, demilitary, and they are saying that is now the front line. They, you know, even places when we went to the DMZ, we could go, you know, we could walk around. You're not allowed to do that anymore because they see that as the front line. And uh, do I think they're going to bomb the U.S.? No. But do I think that they oh, might? Oh, good. Okay, I was waiting for that because I, I, I'm worried. I'm on the West Coast. I think they might invade South Korea. Yeah, that's a really a very, I mean, it's, it's not that far away. When we were in North Korea, we could see the lights in South Korea. So uh, it was because it's so dark in North Korea, you know, because <laughs> they don't have any energy or power. But that's, so that's, so you, I mean, I think they could do that. Or I think they could send a bomb to Japan because they hate Japan as much as they hate the United States. So it's a very serious situation. So, you know, that's one of the things about Dennis Rodman going there. Like, not only was it a joke, it just makes you not take the whole situation right. seriously. But it is really serious. I, I, you know, I've been telling people, I was like, my sister was there. It's bad. You know, yeah. I, you think, oh, how that guy's just a wacky lunatic. Oh, meeting with Dennis Rodman, ha ha ha. But it's like that the damage that that visit did was really uh, dramatic, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. So, so that, I mean, I think you should stop li- listening to the uh, late night uh, comedians. Okay. Hope that, you know, that our Secretary of State and others can, can, we can find some kind of diplomatic solution. That's, that's okay. I just have to say though, John Kerry talks so slow. (laughs) Trying to listen to him, but it takes so long to listen to him. (laughs) We'll we'll send him some notes, Liam, to sort of get up a bit. His energy. He needs to pick up his energy, as they used to, as our producer used to say. John Kerry, put a smile in your voice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, whether it's listening to John Kerry versus listening to Julie Dolan, I did make me smile when I saw on the Facebook group, Julie, that longtime listener Emily posted that I'm pretty sure Julie is the only reason I know anything at all about North Korea. (laughs) So I think that you know more about most of those CNN and BBC correspondents. That have- they make a nice jello in there. It, uh, it was top notch. That's my phone, by the way. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Well, we can just ignore this. It's real life. So we have the um, we have the live scratch off coming up. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think we lost Annabelle Needle. I think she dropped off the call. But I so if if we win, we'll just cut her out of the winnings. So just tell her we lost. <laughs> anything else we need to cover before the live scratch, scratch off? Anything? Uh, so, Leon, anything else people know about need to know about Elizabeth the First Wife? It's all going to be on your author page, right? It on is. Facebook. Well, I mean, I'm trying to do my best. I, I lost a little bit of work time last week, but I do want to assure people the e version is coming out. It should be available on Amazon the same day as, as the paperback version, which is May uh, 9th now. They're shipping early, but Amazon tends to ship when they get the books in the. Um, 
in the um, warehouse. So, but I, I, it's, for some reason, it's not listing uh, at Amazon, but don't worry, there is an e-version that will be available the first day the book is available. So, okay. I, again, I don't run Amazon. I just want to be clear. I can't. <laughs> I can't. I can't, I, if something's off there, I can't do anything for you. But I do know, absolutely, the ebook version will be available immediately as soon as the paperback version is available. And now I'm getting really excited. You know, now that I'm out of the hospital, uh, I'm getting very excited about the book. I'm really looking forward to being out and about, and it's kind of exciting. It's going to be great. The, uh, well, I think it says a lot about, you know, the, the loyalty of the Satellite Sisterhood, that they, they believe that Julie can fix the situation in North Korea, and they believe that you can fix what goes on behind the scenes at Amazon. At Amazon, yeah. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> People have a lot of confidence in our ability. I don't know why. I, don't, I really don't know why. Okay, so Kathleen, longtime listener, sent us a card, which was very nice. So many of you have been really thoughtful in the past six months. You know, we lost our mother and then our father. And uh, the handful of people that, like, send real cards to our post office box, it always, it might spend a little bit of time in the backseat of my car before it makes it into the office, but this one finally did, Kathleen. And I liked your P.S. She put P.S. Like Edna, I believe in cards, which is nice. You know, our mother was a big card sender. So here we have California, lucky for life. Um, we could win $500 a week for 25 years. That'd be and awesome. what we do here, okay, hang on. Let me just make sure I scratch off the right bits. So there's a winning number and our number. So I match any of our, of our numbers to the winning number. Okay, somebody, somebody can make a drum roll sound while I'm scratching. Okay, drum we, roll. we really can't do that. Okay, that's fifty dollars. That's three dollars. So far, nothing matching. Forty dollars every week for life. I'll take it. <laughs>